there's no right or wrong way to age. You do you and you do what's right for you because of you and only for you and without judgment. Are you ready to master your mindset and your business? Join thousands of women each week who use this podcast as a tool to create financial and emotional wealth. And when you're ready to scale to the next level, visit theunstoppablewoman.com slash go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm Amira Alvarez. I am the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, and today we have an amazing guest on the show. I'm super excited to have Grace Fodor, who is the founder of Studio 10, which is a makeup brand changing the face of aging. And I'm super excited to talk about what this pro-age beauty brand is all about. So welcome, Grace. It's it's fabulous to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Excellent, excellent. So the first thing that we are going to talk about is what happened behind the scenes before we hit record, which is Grace is in the UK and it's the evening for her. And I'm in this like bright, sunshiny room and she's like, all my lights aren't working and I'm in the beauty business and I'm in the looking good business. What do I do? And I'm like, you know what? Your beauty is going to shine through. That is your message. So, from within. Let's talk about that from, from the get-go. So it is beauty from within, right? Like it is coming from within and you have a beauty brand. You have a, a, a makeup brand, which is on the outside. And how do those two things interact and and play off of each other? Yeah, it's a really, really interesting question. And true beauty comes from within, doesn't it? Like beauty is confidence. Um, And Studio 10's formulated design for mature skin, women really as they sort of hit their 40s, 50s, and above. And what's interesting about that, if you look at the definition of beauty in this sort of social construct or stereotype, it's a negative. It's a currency for women that's a negative. Midlife, you know, women tell me all the time they feel invisible or um, they don't feel as confident or they don't feel as attractive. They don't feel as valuable. They don't feel as relevant. And it, you know, I always say ageism is the last ism that we really need to challenge. So the beauty from within, I think, really is about confidence. And because midlife, middle age has so many negative sort of connotations and social constructs and value, we we lose that. So one of the things with Studio 10 that I really wanted to do is how you can use the medium of makeup. And it could be makeup, it could be fashion, it could be doing your hair, getting your hair done but it's the confidence that you wear on your face. So I like that. I like that interplay. So, you know, if you don't feel confident or beautiful, you're feeling invisible, well, change the outside, you know, and it, it, you know, Amy Cuddy talks about power posing and it is amazing. And I always say this, you know, when you get ready, I think every single woman will identify with this. When you get ready to go out, and you've had your hair done, you've got your makeup on, you've got a new dress on, you might have your heels on, you look, but you feel a million dollars. You know that feeling like, yeah, I've got this. You're no different the person you were 50 minutes before that. I I find that it's an activation. Yeah. So one of the things that that I, I teach is, is that, you know, we, we move through this world and we need to represent ourselves, represent our brand, represent our business. And there's, there's a, there's that inner piece. It's not just sort of an outside guise that we're putting on. It comes from within, but the clothes we wear, the, the way we put ourselves together 
is an activation. I often talk about my power boots, right? And, and like when you put on the, the boots, when I put on my boots, I'm like, I feel like a million bucks. Or like the other day, I was just on a team meeting uh, on Zoom and I had to go across the room to uh, turn up the AC because I'm 52 and I was a little hot. <laughs> and, and someone was new on my team was, uh, was watching me and she's like, oh my God, she's got shoes on. She's got heels on. And I had these great platform sandals that I love and they're like really sexy and, and they're power shoes yeah. to me. And, and I wear them not because, not for anyone else, but because I'm, I'm in my, you, no one's seeing them except my team when I walk across the room. Yeah. But generally speaking, I'm on Zoom and no one is seeing them. It's just for me. And it makes me feel like Absolutely. a million bucks. 100%. Yeah. And that is very, very powerful. And it's at our disposal. That's the thing. And the Amy Cuddy thing, when she did that big, big um, research about the, the power pose, is we all know about body language, don't we? In the, in the way that I move myself, my body language, it translates and you're picking up on that. But what she proved when she did all of her research and study is when you change your body language, it absolutely changes your view of yourself. And when you think about it, 100%. Think, oh my goodness. So, you know, the Superman pose, putting your arms up. And it, I, I really believe in that sort of stuff. And I'm the same with you. I have power hills. So if I'm going <laughs> to, and I think it's, I think it's almost like armor, isn't it? And if it's there at your disposal, why, why shouldn't you use it? And the thing with makeup, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you feel tired, but you know what, you look tired, you don't have to look tired anymore. Or it's magic. It's a, it's totally it's it's like such a it's such a little like gift from the gods, I think. So, here's one of the things that I find interesting about this this and I'd love your your insight. So, let me tell this sort of lengthy multi-part point here, okay? I put on events and one of the things that I started to do as a business owner is that I would get my hair and my makeup done for being on stage and doing these events. And then I was like, oh, since I'm getting my hair and makeup done, I will, you know, do, do the photo shoots and, and have branding photos. And so now that's a thing. That's what we do every event. And I started to learn in my 40s, like, here's the secret, like, if, if I pull back the curtain a little bit, I had no idea what a blowout was before I turned 45, okay? Like, I'd, like I did not know. And so when I started to do this, I stepped forward incrementally, like, getting my nails done, getting blowout, you can, right? Oh, I don't have to do hair color from a box. I can get it done, but like someone can do it for me. Like all of this was a brand new, brave new world for me. Other people learned it in their 20s. I learned it in my 40s, okay? And, and when I started doing these events, I would just ask the makeup artist, what are you using? What, what, you know, and I started to pull together a collection of, you know, different things that worked from the experts. And so I really stepped into it in, in my 40s. So I, the, the question for you is a two-parter. One is a technical thing, which is they make me look great on camera, but I look like I have a mask on to anyone in person, right? And your brand is all about the minimalist look and the, 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 the connection. Okay. So that's interesting. So, um, it's, it's natural, beautiful skin. It's the no makeup, makeup, makeup look, right? So you look like you've got radiant, glowing, beautiful skin, defined features, bright eyes, plumped up lips. Um, but you've used quite a few products. Does that make sense? So the look is uber, uber natural, but there's a there's there's a technique and there's products. So are you saying are you saying Grace that you're you're using a lot of makeup? But when I see you, 
three feet away from you. I'm standing at a social gathering. It doesn't look like you right. So when the, when the makeup artists do my natural glowy look, which is what I asked them for, for the video cameras and the different, it's a different different type of makeup because you've got very strong lights. Unlike here today, you're you know you're on stage. You need much more presence if you've got you know a big audience. So that's a very different style makeup. So that. The sort of telltale sign is if you're you're out, you're with friends, or and someone comes up to you and goes, "Oh my goodness, your skin is amazing." It's like, and when people say that to me, I find it quite funny because my skin is not amazing. I've got a lot of pigmentation, I've got age spots, I've got discoloration, but I know how not to mask. I know how to cover what I need to cover, add in what I lose, so radiance skin's much more lackluster as you age and just add that boost to the complexion and then give as you age you do you do lose collagen elasticity so you lose volume you lose you know so you want to add back a little bit of shape bit of definition and the other part for me is we need color we need that healthy flush of color I thought that was funny when I started to get into makeup, seriously, in my 40s, right? It's not like I never wore makeup anymore earlier, but I started to learn how to do this. It's like you put on the makeup and then you add the blush and you're like, oh, there's layers here. Anyways, I I get it. There's layers. You know, one thing I try to do because there's two things. I had so many women say, I did you say makeup as I did in my 20s, right? Your skin is different. Your lifestyle's different. You have to switch it up, right? We don't use the same skincare, do we, in our 40s and 50s as we do in our 20s. So why are we using the same makeup? So you do need to switch it up. Is it more creamy? Yeah, 100%. So, you know, I really looked at the formulas, the textures. I mean, if you've got fine lines, you've got wrinkles, you put the wrong texture on that and it's going to exaggerate or um, pigmentation. So tinted moisturizers don't quite give you the coverage. You need more 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 coverage to cover up the age spots or the pigmentation if you've got redness flushing coming through so texture is really important but also the technique because I have never met a woman actually whether she's 18 or 80 who is not busy so what I within sort of studio 10 I, I created this four-step process so four simple steps mature skin makeup made simple in four steps that anybody can do. You don't need to be a professional makeup artist. Um, you can It can be part of your morning routine. Whether you're using Studio 10 makeup or your own makeup bag, but I really wanted to empower women and give them the skills to be able to do their makeup quickly and easily because the impact, A, the transformation that we talked about, but the impact on how it makes you feel, and as I said earlier on, the confidence, it's the confidence that you can wear on your face. It's an amazing medium. Does that make sense? hundred percent. You're speaking to the, the choir, preaching to the choir. So, so I'm having the time of my life. So I've, I'm, I'm one of those people that I just turned 52 two days ago, three days ago, let's say Sunday, so three days ago. Thank you. And I'm, I'm, I'm a Virgo. Yep. That is true. Um, I'm having the best time. I'm 52. I've never like the, the, these are the years that I was dreaming of. Like it's, it's freedom, it's self-ownership it, and it's stepping into owning my beauty in, in a very different way. Why do you think this is the case for some women and not for others? Why do you think some women are like, ah, freedom at 50 or 40 or 60 versus other women are like, uh, it's all downhill from here. Is there a, a formula that separates people? Is there a reason why people go in different directions? I think there's a slight sort of paradox. So one thing that I certainly felt in my late 40s, my 50s, and, you know, into you know mid 50s, 60s, is that, as you said, it's like that you're your sense of self, your own sense of agency. And women, I think, especially get very caught up in um, how they're perceived, what other people think of them. 
And you get to a certain age where you go, you know what, I am who I am, take it or leave it, like it, don't like it, I actually don't care, right? We're not so caught up in what everybody thinks of us, right? So, and I think that's very powerful, right? So you grow into yourself and you grow into your confidence. So big tick. And I think most women generally feel like that. The other part of it, and this is the pro-age stroke anti-age, I think in the Western world especially, ageism is a real issue, right? And if you look at the beauty industry, the fashion industry, if you look at the music industry, you look at film, generally midlife mature women aren't celebrated. I've got two friends who are, you know, very well-known actresses, one's in her 60s. So the roles that come through are so almost belittling. You're playing the granny or grandmother or... Um, and I think society has a view on midlife and mid-age. Can you pause there for just one, one moment? So are the roles like, mm, my life is over, my, my, I don't have anything to add? Is that, is that what's, what's uh, limiting about the roles? Is that what you're seeing happening? I think it's just stereotyping. I think it's stereotyping. So if you take a 65-year-old woman she's or an actress or playing a role, she'll play, you know, the grandmother. She's not playing a 65-year-old, sexy, sassy woman, but you'll get a man playing that role. You know, so I think the stereotyping is, is wrong. And... Um, I think ageism exists. I really, really do. So I think that's where there's a sort of a contradiction, which is why. And if you look at the language around it and you actually analyze the press coverage. So um, Andy McDowell, you know, amazing American actress. When she was in Cannes earlier on this year, the press coverage she got because she was going great. Right. As though it was had to be commented on. It was, you know, headline news, the fact that Andy McDowell was going grey. And and I thought, well, you don't write about George Clooney being grey. And if you look at the language around that, it's, oh, she doesn't look good for her age, or she looks old for her age, or you look amazing for your age. There's so much around looks and beauty associated with age, which I don't think you get with men. I've never read an article that's about Brad Pitt saying, doesn't he look really good for his age? And then if you look at language, you know, gravitas or, um, you know, Hollywood looks, they're all positive words, whereas the words associated with women as they age, generally, over the hill, you know, it's neg it's negative. And I think that's, that's where, so you might feel more confident, have greater sense of agency and a, a better sense of who you are. But from a visual, from a beauty, um, I think I think it's harder. And that's why I think women feel... And the other thing with beauty, fashion, they're like, well, I don't really care. You know, it doesn't matter now. You know, and I, I think it does matter. But I don't think it's vanity either. I think it's, it's self-care. And you still matter. You still matter. And you are still beautiful. And you are still visible. Yeah. So, so is there, just to play a little devil's advocate here, so Andy McDowell not dyeing her hair, going gray, and not doing that mm, addition to who she is, right? Yeah. How, is that not the same as saying, okay, I'm not going to wear makeup? Yeah, I know, I know. I, do you know what? I get asked, because I'm pro-age, not anti-age, right? So celebrate your age, wear it loudly, proudly. Um, you know, age shouldn't stop you, right? Um, and when it comes to, I get asked all the time, well, if you're pro-age, what does that mean in terms of how you age? Right? You know, do you age gracefully? You don't dye your hair. You wouldn't consider having Botox or fillers. Um, you know, and it's a really tricky question. And when I sort of analyzed it, the first thing I thought was there's no right or wrong way to age. 
you do you and you do what's right for you because of you and only for you and without judgment. So, um, and it's interesting because, you know, one thing I do think is if you chase looking younger, 10 years younger, 15 years younger, 20 years younger, you are never going to be able to achieve that. So, yeah, you might have an amazing facelift and it will look phenomenal, but then what are you going to do? You know, put, fa- you know, do a do an arm lift, do a hand lift, do a leg lift, do a toe lift. Eventually, so there is part of that is celebrating age, accepting it. But I think the difference is is seeing the beauty in it. That doesn't mean though you have to go great if it's not for you. So my mother was 84 and she still dyed her hair. And that's her way of aging. She wasn't doing it because she wanted to look 25. It was just part of her aging blueprint, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you think women rely too much on outer beauty for their self-esteem? I think it's tied into it. 100%. I really do. Not saying it's right, but I think it's real. I think if you think, and I've got three daughters, and also if you look at how beauty is portrayed, you know, for men or women, um, it's something to be desired. And I guess if you go back to, you know, sort of you know, part of the the human condition, you know, in the animal kingdom, especially for the female, part of it is to attract, isn't it? There's a value in attract, obviously, to procreate. You know, in the, in the animal kingdom, though, you see a lot of birds that are male with As the well. flourish, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. So, well, I have an, I have an interesting take on this because when I was going through my business growth and it was, it started primarily in my forties, I started to really link the way I expressed myself physically, meaning how I did my hair and my makeup and my clothing, that full expression of self was very much tied to what I was doing in my business and how powerful I felt and how free I felt and and, and the, tr- the truth of me expressed. Because for so many years, I had limiting beliefs about um, what it what it meant to actually spend time and energy on hair and makeup and clothing and, and those sorts of things. I had a, a belief structure that said it was frivolous to put that kind of t- attention into to my my looks and and you can either be check this one out grace you can either be smart or beautiful you can either be smart or sexy and i and it was only in my 40s when i started to do this this deeper work that i now teach on how to change your beliefs and your 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 identity your your self image the internal aspects of it that i i started to own the truth of who i am and i love what's fascinating is i i did all this work and i worked on this and i love this version of me it feels finally like the inner and the outer are matching and and yet i'm i'm concerned about a little bit that like now i've become attached to looking like this i love the way i look like i love the way i dress i love my hair I lo- like i i figured it out and what happens when i'm 70 80 90 100 right am i am, am i going to be sorely disappointed is my self esteem too caught up in this now now that i've built it up right now that i've synced it up is it now too caught up in it it's just an interesting you know thought process so interesting and i i read a book um and in the book there was a study that took women in the workplace and there were the same woman dressed in three different ways, right? So one, she had no makeup on, hair scraped back, wasn't really dressed, you know, in a, I mean, we can get onto a big conversation about dressing in today's business, which is very different to say the 90s. But um, so that was image one. Then image two was somebody who was well presented, hair was looking good, she had some makeup on, so she looked quite fresh. 
Um, and then there was a third third scenario where the woman was wearing very full-on heavy makeup, um, big earrings, as though she was going out partying. And what was really interesting was, um, you know where they say appearance matters, right? What they saw was the the um the person with no makeup and the person who was overdone with too much makeup felt that they weren't as clever they weren't as able to do the job so um not as trustworthy or believable same person same skill set so i think unfortunately we live in a world where appearance actually has impact and it's the same in anything so you know, if you were walking past a shop window and there's one shop window that's beautifully dressed and it's inviting and you feel it's professional, you're going to get the service and there's another one, you're going to go. So appearance is in that mix. Does that make sense? So I do think it plays a plays a role. And the other thing is you can meet two people at the same time. And the first thing you will do automatically is make a judgment quite quickly, not negatively, but positively. And that judgment is, is this person, is this person someone I can trust? So the presentation of that has a role to play very quickly. So I think that's interesting. And then your point is, you know, what will happen? And I sometimes think about that, you know, I just turned 56. And I, I think, yeah, I, I, I look good. I feel good. I feel good on the inside. I'm feeling okay on the outside. Go to the gym. I'm eating well. And then I think, well, what, what will I be when I'm 76 or 86? And the only thing I can take solace from is from my mum because she, regardless of her age, she always felt young on the inside. She always wore lipstick. She still dyed her hair. And I think that is where the beauty of who you are and who you are on the inside is bigger than the outside. And also that's where we have to change perception because I'm hoping with this whole pro-age movement, maybe in 30 years or 40 years or 50 years, an 85-year-old older looking woman will be as attractive as a 40-year-old, as a 20-year-old. But at the moment, it doesn't, you don't see it because what we, and if you take the, the as I said, the beauty age, the beauty industry, pro, anti-aging, anti-wrinkle, anti-this, anti-that, perfection. So, and if you look, it's beginning to change, but a lot of the imagery is around youth isn't it? Age-defying, youthful skin, 10 years younger, 20 years younger. So it's saying to be beautiful, you have to be young. And then you wonder why so many women feel, don't feel as confident about their looks as they age. Yeah. I think, I think my takeaway here is uh, enjoy yourself activate the aspects that make you feel powerful. If it's dyeing your hair, if it's doing your makeup, if it's dressing a certain way, keep doing that. Absolutely. And your, your activation points might change as you age, but do what, what, what causes you to feel powerful and beautiful. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's shift gears slightly if you will. But our, our audience are women entrepreneurs, women business owners, and I'm always interested in the business side of the business as well. So we've talked about the product side and the, the mission and the philosophy side, but let's talk about what it was like to build your business. So first of all, how long have you been in business? Well, in this business, I'm a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. I had my very first business when I was 27 years old. Oh, um, and that was a sort of marketing PR agency in technology. So nothing to do with lifestyle, nothing to do with beauty. And interestingly, I was like, I would never do fashion or beauty. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I love technology and the impact of technology. And here I am all these years later. Um, 
So um, I've been in business in many forms and shapes throughout my, my whole life. Um, and this business... And Studio 10, yeah, yeah in, Studio in 10 particular. is seven years, seven years old. Great. I love it. I know. So tell us a little bit about the early years and getting this off the ground and into the world and what... Like there, were, I'm, I'm sure that there was a ton that you had to be focused on. But tell us some key things that you think would be uh, relatable and transferable across all businesses. Like key key things that you did that that really helped you to make it through those first years that were were really challenging. I'm sure. Yeah, and isn't isn't that the truth? Business is challenging. It doesn't matter whether you're a startup. You, I mean, the whole the whole flow of business is challenge and challenge and you just get better at riding those waves, don't you? And just staying positive um, throughout all of that. Um, I think I think one thing is, and I, I came from a marketing background, which helped, but a lot of founder-led businesses, or you have that, what we say in the UK, that light bulb moment, um, or you're creative, right? So you have that initial idea and it's a great idea, but I always default back to the science. So I do research, 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 analysis, 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 have an idea, kick the tires on it, do, and I, I've probably spent two years or the idea I had from day one was that I wanted a makeup brand, you know, you don't use the same skincare in your 40s as your 20s. Why do you use the same makeup? And I wanted, you know, so I had that proposition, but I really had to kick the tires on the idea. Um, and I guess it's a bit like having that sort of minimal viable product, isn't it? You need you need something that you can substantiate. How did you know when you had it? How did you know when you had done enough testing and you really knew, I got this, this, this is good? I Once I formulated it, the concept, the proposition, I was happy. And I did research across the UK, Europe, and in the States. And then I started to package the concept. So I had the brand, I had the proposition, had my elevator pitch into one sentence. But then what I had to do, because I'm a product brand, I had to then take that blueprint design products. And once again, that was another level of research. So, you know, if I pick any any makeup product, if I showed you a lip gloss, you'll go, well, yeah, you know, you've got a lip gloss as Bobby Brown and everybody else, any other makeup brand has. So then I had to say, well, why is my lip gloss going to be different? So it was a lot of research um, developed. Obviously, um, I've worked for a makeup brand before. So I had all the contacts with you know, the manufacturers and chemists and that helped my supply chain. So the back end operations, I had that network and I had those content. So the next level was designing the products and then um, getting samples. So when I had what I call my sort of complete deck, before I invested my own money and then raised money, um, I then wanted to test it kick the tires at the next level. And that was when I took it to retailers. I knew a lot of retailers. I knew quite a few buyers. And I ran, I wanted to present to them and run the idea by them. So I think what's really important is the research. You know, people talk about a business plan. And a business plan, I think, generally, you can put a lot of time and effort into the figures what the financial model, the forecast. And I think for me is put as much time, effort, passion and energy in really refining that proposition. Absolutely. So this is about taking your idea, really thinking it through, test road testing it before you invest huge amounts of of, of money. Now you invested time in that. There was huge amount of time investment to road test it and, and make sure it was viable. But let let's get some let's get some feedback and some sales before we go all in on this. And also, if you're presenting to retailers, um, 
you get, well, at the time when I launched, I was focusing more on sort of retail, the whole sort of D to C e-commerce wasn't as big as it is now. So I wanted feedback from retailers. I needed at least one retailer because if a retailer wasn't going to buy into it, if no retailer was going to buy into it, I was going to really struggle to get it to market. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So one of the things that I hear a lot from women in business, and I have my own coaching on how to, how to ad- address this, but it's a, uh, I'm always interested in asking successful women entrepreneurs how they approach it is we're all juggling a thousand and one tasks in our lives, whether we're business owners or not, but the added bit of being the the CEO, the business owner, the founder is that you're juggling, you, you, you're holding space for your company and you're juggling so many things, whatever industry you're you're in. What are your tips for approaching your day, approaching your week, getting all the things done? Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know if I'm really honest, if I have cracked that. I mean, I've tried so many different ways and I, because that work-life balance, I think is important, right? You know, whether you've got kids or not, that work-life balance is, is really important. And carving out time is key. And for me, part of that is routine. Like routine, structure, you get into a flow. Um, But it's hard as an entrepreneur. And it's the one thing that I always say, you know, don't become an entrepreneur if you think it's going to be easy. Because there are days, I mean, last week, I was working at five o'clock in the morning, I was finishing at 10 o'clock at night. So it's, and there is a cost that comes to that because I was so focused on what I needed to do. Then, you know, my girls, for instance, weren't prioritized in that week. Or you go the other way where something's happening with one of the girls or something to do with school and then work. So so let me just be super direct there, Grace. Is it worth it? That scenario that you just said is like, I had to do something in my business. I was all in. I needed to get it done. It was it was important. It was urgent at the expense of not being present to my kids. I hear this all the time. And then other times you're like, I'm fully present with my kids and my my business over here feels like it's suffering. Is that back and forth, that up and down, that emotional switch, right, of wondering if you're getting it right, is that worth it? Not is it worth it to work on your business or is it worth it to be with your kids? It's like, is that dilemma that you're faced with worth it for you? I think whether you're an entrepreneur and have your own business or you're high-powered, successful women women in business with a full-on career, because um, whether you've got kids or not, it generally falls on to the female in that dynamic to be the one that looks after the home or so you're always going to get that pull on on time right um is it worth it it is worth it 100% there are moments if i'm really honest where i just sit there and think why am i doing this because what happens is when you're stressed and you're anxious and you're working hard and you're rushing around and you physically become exhausted you become tired it's very hard to perform at your best when you're tired you're not sleeping as well you know you might wake up I've done this you know I I might wake up at four o'clock and then I get back into bed you know I go to the loo or something and I go back into bed and then it's like I've got to do this I've got to do that so it's just this cycle and there are moments where I have to say I sit there and think why am I doing this but The other part of that is if you've got the structure right, you get a little bit more balance. Um, What's really important for me is the routine, the structure, and what anchors everything in that whole ecosystem. The number one thing for me is exercise because it's a Do you do that first thing in the morning? Oh, no. I can't do it first thing in the morning. I tend to do it later in the day. Oh, that's so interesting. So, because I, I, I generally hear most entrepreneurs, they're like, "I'm up early, I, I hit the gym, I do my exercise, and then I, I have the rest of my day." 
And I'm someone who like, though there are days where I do my exercise first, I tend to be like, okay, I got all these brilliant ideas. I want to get them out of my head and into the world. But um, so it's interesting. Yeah. I wake, up, I wake up and I hit my partner says, you know, that I, he said, you wake up and he said, you're a hundred miles per hour. It's like, I don't have time to go to the gym. But for me, I tend to do it at the end of the day because I'm a little bit tired and I feel much fresher in the morning, a little bit tired, or I might be a bit sort of stressed or so for me to go to the gym, I get rid of all of that. It brings me down, get rid of it. And then I feel refreshed. So that is really, really important. And if, if I have busy periods or if I'm traveling, I'm not good at working out when I travel. I really feel it. I really, really feel it. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, let's shift to social media because that's such a big part of business these days. And you have an Instagram following of 41,000 people. So I know our women are going to want to hear about how you grew that social media following, that particular following. Were there particular strategies that you used? Did you do paid advertising to get that? What what were the what was your your approach to that? Was it influencer marketing, partnerships, collaborations? How did you approach that? Okay, so that's that's a sort of general how do I market Studio 10 and get the brand out there. So there's a mix of paid um, and we do paid social, so Facebook advertising, Instagram, Pinterest. So we do do that. The other part that we do is the sort of magazine, PR, public relations. So getting either me into the press or the products into the press. And it really helps. So anybody who's, and I I feel quite passionate about this, you've got a brand and you've got a product range, whatever it is, but you need talking points. It's not enough to have that today. So I always say you need to wrap it in, in value or purpose or a mission. So if you take my pro-age movement, which obviously I'm passionate about, but it gives me a lot of talking points outside of just talking about the brand and the products. So you want to have different conversation pieces. Um, And the other thing I always say is you can't keep talking to your customers about how great your products are. You know, they want to have a conversation. It's true, even if they're great. Yeah, even yeah. if they're great. And, you know, if you just t- kept telling me how great your podcast is, I'm like, yeah, okay. But I want the conversation. I want to know your thoughts and your feelings and your views. And I want to form a relationship with you. And it's the same with brands and consumers. And then when you've got a founder in the mix, it's a real living person. So you need opinion. You need thoughts. You need views. You need You need to put your head above the parapet and have a voice because that's what connects you with women. So when that plays out in content, so whether it's your Instagram content, if you actually look at a lot of Studio 10s, it's about empowering women. It's talking about the debate around aging. It doesn't, you know, so there's a lot of conversation. And I think content's really important. It's not just about what you do and the products that you design and you develop. Um, and then, so PR, I think, is a really good cost-effective way, um, getting really good press coverage, being on podcasts, etc. cetera. Um, and they're probably the main things that we do. And then the other part um, is if you've got customers, especially if you're an e-commerce uh, brand or company, all of those customers have an email address. So for me, everybody, you know, when they're, they're running a business, it's all about sales, sales, sales. It's acquisition. It's new customers. Got to get new customers. And I always say you need to put as much effort and passion and energy into your existing customers. So it's about retention. Retention is the new acquisition. The lifetime value of a customer is an important piece to look at. So let's talk about that for a moment because with with makeup and skincare, do you find, like, how do you keep loyal customers? Because I'll be completely transparent. I love my little subscription box where I get the new thing in the mail every month because it's new and it's like I get to, it's like a, a, a present with a bow on it and I get to try something new 
how do you how do you keep the the person coming back and wanting the same thing again and again and again and and, and not getting entra- trapped by like having to create new skews all the time that's difficult for studio 10 because you know i say these are your core essentials everyday essentials you don't need anything else you know you don't need you know, why have a suitcase full of makeup when you only need a small makeup bag? So it's very hard for me to bring in that product development because I've said these five products are the core essentials. And then, oh, by the way, now I've decided you need this. So it is that play between newness and and I think partly our return customer rate is really high. Um, our, our loyalty levels are really high. And I think that's because we have developed products that really fundamentally work. And I, I have women, there's one or two products where if we ever go out of stock, there's just like, when is it coming back? I can't, I can't live without this product. So they do what they say they're going to do. So you don't have to think about, should I buy this product or that product? If I use that product, you just, because they work, they do a job of work, they work brilliantly. So we've got loyalty. But I think where we keep our customers, I don't even like the word customers because I see I see us as a sort of community, is that we've really fostered that sense of community and belonging. It's not, it's, and they are part of this movement because women like to, we're creatures, we like to, not creatures, a horrible word, but you know, part of the human condition is we like to belong. And it's conversation. You know, it's it's conversations. And I champion women, some of my customers who've got stories to tell. I push them through. You know, I it's not about me. And that's, that's the difference. So speaking about community and joining your community, where can people, before I ask, last, ask my last final questions, where can people find you? And join your community. So we are on um, online. So studio10beauty.com is my store. But on the homepage, if you go into magazine, that that's the sort of manifestation of, of all of my content. We've got a magazine called Aging with Grace. And every week I do an article, I do interviews, I do, you know, um, opinion pieces, discussions, debates. Um, and you'll find me on Instagram. So I do a lot of lives. Um, our Instagram handle is Studio 10 Makeup. Um, yeah, here. Good, good, good. Okay, so two more questions for you. What do you love most about yourself and your business? Oh, okay. So what I love about my business, and it goes back to what you said, is it all worth it, right? When I get an email from somebody who has said, let's say they've watched me on a live or maybe a makeup tutorial or they've read something or whatever it is, and they send me an email and they say, I've not worn makeup for 10 years and I've started wearing makeup and it, I feel a completely new person. Or I get an email saying, you showing me how to use makeup has changed X, Y, Z for the better. When I get real testimony from women where they have been empowered by, by Studio 10, that is the happiest, most amazing moment. It's those moments where I feel I've really made a difference. So that's, that's that side. And I think, I think about like in terms of, of myself, and I wrote an article on it, which was the Midsters, so don't like the Midsters superpower is resilience. And I think it's one of the things that I I've always I've always been very um strong, independent, strong willed. I get it from my parents. Uh, my father was Hungarian, my mother was Portuguese. 
they they have a lot of um what's the word tenacity they're fighters they they're survivors right i've always had that ever since i was little but i think the difference now is i have resilience and there's a very slight difference and that comes with age no doubt and experience it does it does all those hard times those knocks those you, that's what you build through that is a resilience is that what makes you an unstoppable woman yeah i think i think i've always had that unstoppable i've always had a belief not on arrogance and there's a difference isn't there i've always had a self belief that i think because i've always i'm always really an i'm an optimist so i'm positive optimist I can do whatever I want to do and I'm going to make it happen. And I didn't come from a background where it was, I had to work hard, really, really hard. Um, and I had ambition and self-belief. I think the, the resilience is a sense of, oh, it's really hard to explain. So when I was younger, when when things are going well, you're riding high. When things aren't going well and you get those knocks, and the reality is everybody gets knocks in life. Like Life could be cruel, it could be challenging, it could be devastating, it could be painful, it can be cruel. You get those knocks, they push me down. So it was very sort of highs and lows, highs and lows. And when I was low, I had to pick myself up. When I was high, I was riding high. I think the resilience is you this it's not as extreme so what the same thing might be happening but you ha, you're steady you're steady more resilient not calm just solid got a better footing does that make sense that's the only way I can sort of describe it Much grounded grounded in that and it's an inner strength that's that is what resilience is. And also knowing, because you've been through it, that tomorrow is another day. And whatever life throws throws at you, you will come out of it. Whereas I think when I was younger, I was always living in fear of something devastating ha happening. And I don't know. The shoe always, the, the next shoe dropping. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Grace. This has been so, such a great conversation. We've, we've had a, a, a wild ride today going from, you know, makeup and, and, uh, the position of women in society and the media and the, the pro aging, anti aging philosophy, how to grow a business, what it takes, what it takes to be unstoppable, all of these things. So, I super duper appreciate you sharing the truth and transparency behind what it's taken you to 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 grow this business and also your perspective on 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 women and age. So thank you very much for joining us. No, thank you so much for the invitation. I loved it.